this episode of the podcast, we discuss chapters 13 and 14 of The Mandalorian. We get pretty deep into a debate about canon and its effect on the storytelling of the show. We discuss the introduction of new characters. Is Ahsoka Tano the best character in all of Star Wars? Is Boba Fett the biggest badass in the galaxy? And finally, we ask the question, is chapter 14 the best bit of Star Wars any of us have seen in a long, long time? Maybe even ever? All this and more coming up on episode 17 of Krypton to Alderaan. Welcome, everyone, to episode 17 of Krypton to Alderaan, the podcast that, I don't know, flies casual. (laughs) (laughs) Just starting off, I'm going to say for this episode, to make things run more smoothly, I've written everything down that I'm going to say and every possible response (laughs) to everything you guys could possibly say. So you're kind of like Jor-El. Yeah, exactly. I've come up with every possible situation, and I've put them all into these crystals (laughs) that I shove into my computer based on what you guys say. With that being said, I'm Joey, and that's all I wrote down there. (laughs) End of podcast. So I guess that's it. End of podcast. Uh, Just kidding. That's a good joke. I also have written here, uh, wait for audience to stop laughing. (laughs) Okay, I'm Joey, and with me this week is Royce. Hello, podcast. And Robin. Hello. And we're Krypton to Alderaan. I'm not going to say we're the podcast, but I will say that we're a podcast (laughs) that covers all kind of nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. What have you guys done this week? Has done anything fun, or are we all just miserable jerks? No, we're not miserable. Dude, I feel like... Last week, we were all like, what are, What have we been up to? What do we say in the podcast? I feel like we've consumed so much stuff in the last two weeks that we've talked a lot of stuff. Robin, you going to back me up here? I cannot think of anything except what I watched this morning. Sure. How much stuff? <laughs> <laughs> well, so let me, I'll, let me run you through it, and you can tell me if you've picked up any of it as well. Yeah, run us right through. Number one is going to be New Mutants. <laughs> Oh, man, I was going to be like, we should watch that as a group when Mandalorian's over. Sorry, I I don't know why, but I guess because somebody posted that it was out and about and it was like quietly released. And I told Robin, we got to watch it. And I twisted her arm and somehow she agreed. I didn't think she would, but we watched it. And uh, <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> I wouldn't watch it. I definitely would not pay for it. Yeah, I'm a little... I'm a little bummed that it, we had to actually pay for it. I was hoping it was going to be like included on Amazon Prime, but it was like four ninety nine or whatever. Yeah, that really... I hate it when they do that. But also, I was going to be like, we should give this movie the respect it deserves for its first trailer being released in 2017 and then trying to come out three years later right at the onset of a pandemic. <laughs> it's like a little sad, but not uh, if it's bad. It's impressive that it even made it out, though. I think you do have to give credit to some movie executive that's like, we are going to put this out, period. And I I rented it, so I did him a favor as far as I'm concerned. If if you're going to be like, I'm going to write it off, not going to give it a chance, like you said, like, let's give it a chance. And we did. And I won't go through <laughs> any any of my notes here, but it had awful accents. It Or I, I am going to go through my notes, I guess, actually. <laughs> yeah, but, do it. It, they had awful accents. The dialogue was bad. It was like it was like a 
uh, a typical like young adult movie. Like it's up there with like Maze Runner and those those kind of films. It's not got much to sink your teeth in if you're just looking for a real comic book movie. Bummer. But there was some cool fight scenes and some cool CGI, but some also very unfinished, bad X-Men Wolverine Origins CGI as How well. How could it be unfinished? It's been being <laughs> made for a million years. No, there was like one or two scenes where they did a close-up on like one of the like monsters that appear in the film, and it just looked like very poor video game, like Wolverine Origins. And, That's uh, dumb. Yeah, just it was not great. It's different for an X-Men film. If you didn't like any other X-Men, I would give it a chance, but not great. It was X-Men Light. All right. X-Men Light. Yeah. And then, why don't you do that one? Oh, so we also watched the Star Wars Lego Holiday Special on Disney+. Nice. <laughs> I would give it a similar review to New Mutants. Oh, man. <laughs> it. I had never watched the original Holiday Special, so I don't know if like there's any correlation between the two. I guess it's Life Day that they're celebrating, but it yeah. was it felt very like member Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, right. You might appreciate it for a very brief moment because Ray is training Finn to be a Jedi in it. I heard that. I think I watched. Uh, I ha- I didn't watch it, but I like watched a video about it. That's how I absorb my content these days. <laughs> sure, party. That, that's the way to do it. I, it was like thirty or forty minutes long. It and it's it's not really a interesting story it is it is like a clip show of star wars basically as legos so if you're into that go for it <laughs> otherwise don't bother <laughs> and it didn't but get me in the free. holiday spirit yeah it was well i mean if you got disney i mean Plus, play for disney Plus. i already, would assume if you're listening that yeah so those were the two major things and i actually watched some clone wars and i think this may come up through our conversation naturally as we talk about the mandalorian later today so I'll I'll save that for for another point in time. But anyway, what about you? What have what have you been into? Well, I was going to ask you a couple of things, Royce. Um, I was going to ask you actually about the Clone Wars and Rebels because you had texted saying that you had watched them. But if you want that to sprinkle that throughout the episode, but I was going to say I'm very surprised that you haven't brought up the boys because I had texted you earlier this week and asked if either of if you two have watched the second season of the boys and you gave a very enthusiastic yes. So I'm surprised <laughs> that that didn't come up. Uh, yeah, I I mean, I like that show a lot. You, it was interesting that you described it as like, I don't want to watch a superhero movie that isn't uplifting and the superheroes aren't the good guys sort of thing. And right. I love that about the boys. Like, yeah. there's plenty of superhero, like, uplifting stories. But I don't, maybe we've said this, I think we did talk about boys briefly once before. We did, yeah, yeah. I, I just like that it is, it's not necessarily grounded because it is like a fantastic universe. Like people have superpowers and what like it's still a superhero-esque universe, but it's so much more grounded in humanity, I think, rather than like this person is so good and they solved world hunger. More so the other side of like this person is so powerful and they used it for evil. Like that just makes sense to me as, as a little bit of a cynic. But yeah, season two is good. It Actually, you have to like want it a little bit. Right, because the episodes are long. Yeah, right. I'm waiting for Robin to kick in, but... I, I did not enjoy season two. No, but Se- you enjoyed season one? I liked season one a lot. Season two was very, very hard to get through. It felt like the episodes were, like, weeks long. They dragged huh. it out, yeah. I think the overall the plot is cool, but the episodes, like... If Mandalorian episodes are too short, the boys' episodes are too long. They're, like, yeah. 
over an hour long. But it's not like movie hour. It's like, uh, you should have cut this down to like 45. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good. I mean, that brings up a good point. I wasn't going to get into this as something that we're into, but <clears throat> we've we've watched a little bit of his Dark Materials, which is like the Golden Compass HBO show. Okay. Which I had never read any of the books or anything, but the episodes are super duper long and it's just not worth it. <laughs> I just am not enjoying it. It's like, ah. Uh... Anyway, it's just because the episodes are so long and it gets like really difficult to watch. Right. So it sounds similar. But we watched um, the second season of The Umbrella Academy. Woo! We yes. Finished it. And it is such a good show. It's so good. It's just so good. And so I've I've read like the first two volumes of the the trade paperbacks of The Umbrella Academy and the the comic books are very different than the show. It's very very different. But the show is still just so good. And in fact, I like some of the characters more in the show than I do in the books. The books are also very good and they're very weird and like gory and graphic and Robin, I think you'd like them a lot. <laughs> but the show is still just so good and it made me think of uh, another comic book uh, show that came out during quarantine, Lock and Key, mm-hmm. hit Netflix. And Lock and Key is like a very well-respected comic book series. Everyone loves it. I have the collections, right? Okay. There. And the comic books are so incredibly good. The story is so amazing. And it's just like this very deep story about this family that that is coping with loss. And they cope with loss in this very comic book way and the show is oh, i was gonna say tell me it holds up it's it's uh. so bad I, I can't stand how bad it is but i just wanted to like compare the umbrella academy the show is not a lot like the comic books at all but they're both very good lock and key such good comic books if you're interested check them out the show even i hadn't read the comic books by the time i watched the show and i still didn't mm. like the show then I read the books because I needed something better. So anyway, that's where we're at. Umbrella Academy season two, very good. Don't watch Lock and Key, but read <laughs> yeah. the books. That stinks. You want both to be good. It sucks if like one is good and one isn't good, regardless of like either either or. Yeah, it made me think a lot of um, The Walking Dead. Right. Like for a while, really good comic books and for a while, a really not good show. I was just scrolling through but, IMDb and like I got to the point where I, I've started rating stuff on it. I don't know why. I, I feel like I just wanted to like recommend me stuff. There's no point to rating. Who cares what your rating is, you know? And then you get to see your rating when you're scrolling through. It's like my little blue star. Like, what do I care when I, it doesn't matter. But uh, the, the one of the new Walking Dead shows showed up in my feed on it. And it was like 4.2. The the most recent one. I, I don't even remember the name. Is that Fear out of, ten? of the. That out of 10. Whatever. Out of 10. Yeah. I was going to say out of five. That's not bad. And it's funny because no one you, liked. You, you see other shows, though, and it's like six, seven, or if it's like Stranger Things, it's like eight or nine. To see something that's a four is pretty shitty. Yeah. It's not Fear the Walking Dead. It's whatever the other brand new one is. Oh, Fear the Walking Dead no one liked either, I don't think. Yeah. That's still on, though, I think, somehow. I don't really get how shows can be on anymore. You know what I mean? Or off. <laughs> like, all this stuff comes to, like, the streaming services now. Why are you still going to watch TV and commercials oh, and yeah. stuff? No, no thanks. We've been watching Hulu 
and there's commercials. <laughs> I'm like, why are we doing this to ourselves? There's like anything else we could be watching. This is true. Robin, you got uh, anything else you want to discuss? Uh, nothing really nerdy. I did watch the new Great British Bake Off. They had the Christmas episode and then they had the the holiday I'm one. so glad you brought it up <laughs> because uh, we watched that as well. The one with the uh, dairy yeah. girls. Yeah, that was... Hilarious. I was dying watching it. I loved every second of it. <laughs> I have never heard of that uh, show so or those funny. people, but it's one of the funniest things I've ever watched. It made me want to me watch too. the show. I was like, we have to watch this yeah, show now. Yeah, me too. So it's very funny. good. End of list. All right. Good stuff. End of list. On to the next thing. I have another question. Uh, based on the most recent Mandalorian episodes that we will discuss today. This one's for you, Royce. Will you be making any changes to your Baby Yoda song? <laughs> That's probably the biggest comment I've gotten in the last week or two is people are like, <laughs> That's not his name. And I, people already gave me yeah. that comment because they're like, It's not Baby Yoda. Duh. And come on, we all know it's not Baby Yoda or the vast majority does. But yeah, a lot of people are like, You have to change it now. They made it very easy for you. Same amount of I syllables. I suppose so. And I, um, lucky enough, I don't rhyme Yoda with anything in the chorus either. So. Anyway, for anyone listening, go look oh, up the go. Baby Yoda song on YouTube. But it's not, it, it, there are three or four Baby Yoda songs, all of which are hits. You, you want the good one. <laughs> That's funny you say that. That's funny you mention the others because I have the same question for Perry Grip. Yeah. But unfortunately, this is the 17th episode of Krypton to Alderaan in a row that Perry hasn't shown up. So I think we should just remove him <laughs> from the roster. We already have one Baby Yoda Star Wars parody song. It, it has such a nice role to it, and I think his new name maybe has a role to it as well, but people are still going to call him Baby Yoda. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the episode goes, uh, okay. Royce. See if we're still calling him Baby Yoda the by the question? end. It's a secret <laughs> question. Are we going to keep calling him Baby Yoda? Choose your side. Okay, so on this episode of Krypton to Alderaan, we're going to be talking about chapters 13 and 14 of The Mandalorian. We're getting real close to the end. There's only two episodes left after these after the ones we're going to discuss today. So we've got some big things happening in these episodes. Um, I'd like to discuss something that came up briefly in our last recording that I think I should address before we get into the discussion here. And that's a brief discussion on canon. And I think we're going to have, I think this episode's going to turn into a little bit of a canonical sure. debate as to how important it should be. But right up front, I just wanted to say that... I love canon, I love consuming it, and I love talking about it or talking to people, <laughs> at people about it. Tell us how you um, really feel. But no matter the cost, I'm into consuming canon. I don't care if it hurts me or the people I love or <laughs> anything like that. But I think what I'm trying to say is I think in terms of our podcast, I've been doing it wrong. And so instead of continuing to canon shame <laughs> my friends and listeners... I should just be trying to discuss it in a way that makes it compelling for the people who are listening to this show and maybe also watching The Mandalorian who don't give a shit about consuming the canon. But So what I think I can do with the knowledge that I have is discuss it in a way that is either that is both compelling addition to the story, but not necessary, but that it's not necessary to the story, and also compelling in a way that will maybe make certain people want to go out and consume the canon themselves. So I think that's a good way for me to proceed here instead of being like, 
watch the Clone Wars, watch Rebels, oh, I don't know, read Thrawn. So I'm just going to, I think that's going forward. And it comes from maybe a more um, aggressive moment in our last recording from Royce and a less aggressive moment from Robin. <laughs> but really that screw you canon guys moment got stuck in my head. Like, I, I was thinking about it. They they name drop Ahsoka, but if you're a casual viewer of the of the Mandalorian, you still don't know yeah. who that is. Like Bo Katan saying Ahsoka still adds a level of mystery totally. that you don't know. But um, I think a really strong part of the Mandalorian is that you don't need any background. You shouldn't have to 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 enjoy the show. Like when when we say, "Oh, that looks like the Death Star," we know that because we all have different levels of canonical knowledge. But like c- casual consumers don't know or care. They're just like, that looks like a cool base. So anyway, I'm here. I have canonical knowledge and I I think I can use it in a compelling way instead of just being a dick Uh, about it. uh, For the record, I don't think you've ever been a dick about it. And my comment was not necessarily geared towards you specifically, but just that overarching idea that like, who's watching the show? Canon people and non-canon people. And like you said, I think we're, we got to talk about how canon relates to the Mandalorian in this next episode, chapter 13, the Jedi, for sure. Yes. Okay. So let's, let's actually, I forgot (laughs) one thing before we get into it. We had a new uh, review on iTunes from Jay, gave us five stars and said, great job, guys. Happy you're back. So thanks, Jay. Do we know Jay? Do any of us know who that is? Or is it someone we don't know? It's not me for the record. I I I know at least one Jay. I don't know if it's that Jay, okay. but if it is Jay, thanks, Jay. And if it's not that Jay, yeah. hey, thanks, Jay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Homer yeah, J. J stands for Jay. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Cool. Well, there you have it. All right. So here we go. Uh, chapter 13 of The Mandalorian, titled The Jedi, uh, written and directed by Dave Filoni himself, the master, uh, creator of some of the best Star Wars content. In this episode, we find the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda on the planet Corvus continuing their search for Ahsoka Tano and any key to Baby Yoda's past. Upon the arrival, they head to Caledon, a village under the jurisdiction of an evil, evil magistrate who promptly hires the Mandalorian to dispatch an enemy who's upsetting her rule. This proves beneficial for Din and inspires an unlikely team-up. Hmm. Guys, I wrote That's that great. synopsis That was myself. great. They could put that on the back of the DVD box. Yeah. Or the front. <laughs> hey, Disney, you could put it on the front. Uh, so I'm going to dive right in. I, oh, man, I really loved this episode. Ahsoka Tano is my favorite character in all of Star Wars, and this did not disappoint. <laughs> I love that the episode opened with her. Uh, I love that action sequence in what's left of that forest. One of the first thing we see is her white lightsabers. I thought that they looked incredible in live action. But I will say, again, if you don't know her, this is still a really fun introduction to the character and an introduction to this episode. It's not until... I also think it's really cool that it's not until, like, the opening title that we see the Mandalorian and Grogu. Like, you were talking, I think, a couple of weeks ago that they had, like, an epilogue in the episode, and that's mm. never been done. Certainly, this has never been done. We go, like five minutes or 10 minutes without seeing the title character or baby Yoda. I would agree. Very Um, bold to start with Ahsoka. Yeah. So what did you guys think of her introduction? I I mean, 
I'm very familiar with the character, and I yeah, love her. I, I would say I'm semi-familiar. Robin, were you at all familiar with Ahsoka before Mandalorian? Chapter uh, 13, The Jedi? I knew of her. I didn't really know anything about her other than she had two lightsabers. So is that a cool amount of lightsabers or uh, too yeah, many? No, that's pretty cool. I'll take two lightsabers. Yeah. Well, there's only a couple. Well, <laughs> no, there's a lot of times when people have two lightsabers in Star Wars, I feel like. Anakin... Even double-sided Anakin ones. fights with two of them, like, multiple times. He had double-edged lightsaber. Chops Dooku's head off. Uh, I thought it was super bold to open with her, like you said, not just because it wasn't Mandalorian at the very beginning of the episode, but mm-hmm. they're just ripping the Band-Aid off. They're like, it's Ahsoka! I yep. still wish, though, that Bo-Katan had just said, hey, go and find the sorcerer. You'll find the Jedi you're looking for, you know? And then he goes and finds the Jedi, and none of us would know that it was Ahsoka. And think about that as a reveal at the beginning of the next episode. And in the tweeting, well, what people would have been like, what Jedi is it, though? <laughs> Instead, yeah. they, they ruined sure. that surprise. But then starting right on her, I thought it was just a great idea to no longer further drag that out. Like, yes, Ahsoka's here. She's in the episode. Also, her white lightsabers looked very cool from a design point rather than just yes. something you've seen before. So I wasn't sure whether to sort of like save little bits of canon tie-ins <laughs> to the end or sprinkle it throughout, but Footnote. I guess I'll just sprinkle it throughout. So the white <laughs> the white lightsabers, they're very cool from a design standpoint and they look very cool. She she gets she makes those lightsabers and they're white because she's healed the red crisp lightsaber crystal. Mm. She kills an inquisitor and heals his lightsaber crystals with the force, his kyber crystals, and they turn white. Cool. And I thought that that was, ve- I thought that that was very cool. And so, yeah, super uh, cool. That's a cool you, footnote. <laughs> that's a little canon tie, and I don't know how to sprinkle these in. By the way, yeah. I wasn't making fun of you. I was being the uh, little spice guy. Yeah, the, uh, the spice guy with like the sunglasses, the meme. That's yeah. like, I love that meme. Yeah. I'm just going to add a little bit of I'm going to add a little bit of canon to this casual Star Wars conversation. <laughs> I love that. All right. So they're not Twi'leks, right? What are they? No, they're Togrudas. Okay. Togrudas do not translate to live action in my humble opinion. I have no idea how to do stage film makeup or prosthetics or CGI, but they don't look like real people. Like the the orange well, they're not The really, orange face yeah. is believable, but the Twi'lek, whatever, tentacles, they just look like marshmallows. It takes me out of it a little bit, and that's just me being a butthead. But they just, it's hard to make those translate and not be as silly as, like, that chick from uh, Return of the Jedi that is dancing at Jabba's Palace, or even the mushroom guy that's well, playing the Calypso keyboard. <laughs> like, they just look silly and not real. Oh, not man, real. what's his name? I don't know. What's Dumbo the elephant? Uh, the anyway. guy? Yeah. Isn't that Max Rebo? Wow, yes, Robin, yes, with the <laughs> with the Star Wars trivia. <laughs> I thought they looked good. I think the weird thing about like the Twi'lek appendages is that they're very floppy and they flop around and they made these very uh, stiff. Yeah, they just don't look lively. You know, so I thought that they looked better. I wish they just CG'd those in so that they could, like you said. And I think somebody posted oh. a picture where they've shortened them up or something. They did. They're They're much longer when she's older in the animated stuff. But but <clears throat> I think it was Dave Filoni who said that it was 
for the action sequences, yeah. they had no, that to makes do sense. that. Like, it's just something we all have to overlook because they yeah. couldn't make that work. And if they CGI him, it's going to look so... I think it's, it's going to look like Henry Cavill with the CGI doll. I agree. Mustache. Like, if you can do it practical, do it practical. But they just don't look... It's just not quite there. But for the first live-action Tortuga, then... I, all right. I guess I'll suspend <laughs> my belief. Tor, Tortuga? Tortuga? Tortuga is, is Tortuga's the yes, island Pirates from of the Caribbean. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Isn't but that's like turtle too, right? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so my y'all get what I'm saying there. They look weird, but we don't have to complain about it. I really liked her communing with Baby Yoda. Well, first of all, I like her and Din's mini fight, and they like had to set up that lightsabers can't cut yeah, through that's interesting. I don't know if they did that in any of the previous shows, but they had to set it up for later. But he like lassos her with his grappling hook like Boba Fett does to to Luke and all that stuff. But I really liked her communicating with Baby Yoda. I love that stuff, that like force lore stuff. It's just so intriguing. And there's a lot of like slow, I think, there's a lot of like slow, quiet moments in the episode like that, which are just quiet but not boring. They're like furthering the story but silently. I just really like the lore aspect of that kind of stuff. And then of course, at that point we learn his name. (laughs) And they set up obviously the idea for Grogu, the last youngling a Star Wars (laughs) story which I assume we're going to get at some point. Oh man, if if they ever show something from pre you know uh, Revenge of the Sith era and there's like a young Grogu training with somebody like i don't know if they'll ever revisit that that era of the timeline but that would be fascinating (laughs) so weird the timing is just so weird and his his like grogu's personality i guess is so weird like wouldn't it be hilarious if yoda's species yoda's and grogu's species like a defense mechanism is to devolve into this little baby and not be able to talk or make any sense. Like, she's like, he trained with many Jedi Masters. He's like, yeah, a baby. I don't know. They, <laughs> he can respond to but his apparently name. they can communicate through yeah, thought. Yeah, he, he knows yeah. how to deconstruct communication somehow. Yeah. I think it's just very funny that he's like, he's that, at that level of infancy, but also has been, he's 50 years old and has been trained by yeah. Jedi Masters. Well, and then it kind of makes sense, like, if, I don't know if all of Yoda's species talk with the syntax that he talks with but it would make sense if like he communicates through the force he learned how to speak basic or english but he speaks it funky because it's harder for them to learn for some reason you know it's basically his second language i think we discussed this on the podcast previously but i i'm glad it's got brought up again because it's a really really interesting concept that yoda speaks that way because they at a very young age are more in tune with the force and learn basic yeah by necessity basically yeah i agree all that uh Uh, ahsoka like training montage stuff is cool and they're just like waiting for him to try and use the force and figure out where he came from or whatever that was all well well done i mean come on robin when when ahsoka's like didn't you try to get the baby to lift the thing how how cute and heartfelt of a of a scene was that when he when he brings the ball from the ship out of yeah, his Yeah, that's pocket. adorable. That's perfect. Yeah. I totally forgot about that Truly, too that he that he had the the ball with him. Yeah. It was brilliant when they brought that out. 
Yeah, I forgot too. And Lorelai was like, he's going to get the ball. And then we both started crying because <laughs> it's an extremely heartfelt. I mean, and then he's like, good job, kid. And it's just like a good dad in Star yeah. Wars. I really want him to continue training. Like, I want him to like find the fucking Jedi texts and like not be a Jedi himself, you know, but learn about it and yeah, continue yeah. training him. I also appreciated yep. that he was like, I can't train him. He's too powerful. That, like, in the back of his mind, he's like, this guy's gonna, like, overtake me. Like, I can't teach him how to use the Force. He needs a Jedi. <sighs> yep. I love that, yeah. So I love that whole thing with Ahsoka um, testing him and then the fact that she's lived through the Clone Wars and the Empire and said, I know what this does to a Jedi. I cannot train him. Like, that's a little bit heartbreaking in itself, too. Because you know, I mean, even if you don't know what she's been through, you know what the Jedi at this point have been through and slaughtered by the Empire. Yeah, hopefully if stuff. you've so seen that that at great. least the prequels and you like know the Jedi were like slaughtered by the Empire, then that would make a lot of sense. Or if you know that like Anakin had right. some evil in him and he became a bad guy and apparently Grogu's got some evil in him. He's got a little bit of, yeah, I think that's, I'm going to bring that up again later. <clears throat> All right. But moving along, uh, well, you got more to so say? so I don't know if... Like, the rest of the episode for me is, like, not snooze fest, but it's like, okay, so they, they liberate another person in need of help. Typical Mandalorian story to, like, breeze over it. I, I, we can get into it if you want. But before that, like, the Ahsoka stuff, it's like nobody knows who she is. So there's no right. gravity to that scene or any of that stuff where you're like, I know what Ahsoka's been through. Nobody knows what she's well, been through except canon people. And I worry about that because I... I didn't watch any Ahsoka episodes, actually, when I mentioned watching The Clone Wars. I only watched Mandalorian-related episodes because the introduction of Bo-Katan and she's in The Clone Wars and yada, 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 that I thought that that was going to be more of an important tie-in. So I don't really know a lot about Ahsoka either, but this is a huge head-scratcher to me. They're going so hard on her and being so open that, like, it's going to be Ahsoka, wink, wink, because nobody knows who she is. It's just a random Jedi. It's very random. If you don't already know. But the good thing is, the good thing is that no one knows who she is. Like it's adding, even it is a random Jedi, but any Jedi would be random. Her story can be really intriguing and she's a great character. She, she's already a great character. But even if you don't know that Dave Filoni took a chance on bringing a character that he created now into live action to introduce her to people who don't already yeah. know her. Maybe and be a so funnel. she, she was, she was set up as a very strong female Star Wars character, of which we have very few, and he's doing it again now in live action where he knows more people will watch. I think it makes sense to use the same character, and he created her in the first place. It's kind of like his baby. Yeah. Like, it makes sense that he would bring her back. And in the scenes where she's like, I know what that does to a fully trained Jedi, even if you have no context there's still that intrigue there. Like, what has she seen? What has she been through? There's still sort of a depth to statements sure. like that that I think, again, make the casual consumer be like, oh, shit, she's seen Yeah, some I haven't stuff. thought about it like that. That would be interesting to talk to someone more completely in the dark. That makes sense. Uh, having these two different universes of, like, Mandalorian and potentially casual fans that are, like, never going to go to the Clone Wars, it's just kind of an odd line to walk of, like, just like you said at the beginning of the podcast, like how much canon do you include? Like how nerdy do you want to make it? Where I think the vast majority of people just want to see like action and a little bit of that lore stuff. 
but like not so much that you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know if anyone has been like, what the hell's going on? I think what the, what they're doing is creating new canon. I you, I don't think you had to have consumed any of the previous. All right, fair enough. Fair content. enough. How do you? What do you think, Robin? Uh, what, I'm gonna just quote and introduce Robin's little tangent here if she goes on one because she mentioned during this episode. Uh, she said, and I quote, so this is live action Clone Wars, huh? I mean, I wasn't going to go there now, but <laughs> it does seem like they're trying to turn it into live action Clone Wars because they keep mentioning all these characters and places and you're like, uh-huh. And like, then you find out that they're from something like Clone Wars, like all these characters. So Dave Filoni is the Clone Wars guy. He's the Ahsoka guy. And he... Right directed this episode, The Jedi, about Ahsoka. So, par for the course. But, again, I think that the only reason, if we think about it in terms of a Venn diagram, (laughs) right? That's fun for everyone. You can have in in the far, one far circle, you have people who don't know anything about canon and are just watching and enjoying the show. In the other, on the other far circle, you have... People like me who have consumed arguably maybe too much <laughs> canon and are burdened by the knowledge. And where they intersect, where I think a lot of people exist, maybe you two, you have like some knowledge of canon and are just trying to casually watch the show without the burden of that. And I think that's where the trouble lies because you, Robin, know that those characters are, uh, and whatever are from Clone Wars, whereas other casual viewers might not. And it would probably, it's probably more enjoyable for them because they have, they don't have the burden of that knowledge. Dude, there's not enough time. The episodes are mad short to begin with. There's not enough time to explain to people what the hell's going on. I don't think it's confusing. Like you said, like it, it's probably enough. And if you're actually into it, then you're rewarded. But I think about casual people and, uh, it's just not enough time to be like, what is this character who has like a huge history that dates back to the Clone Wars? You know, like there's so much there that, that could potentially exist with Ahsoka. And like you said, you don't know watching the show where she's coming from. You assume and maybe you want to look into it. And that would be a cool bridge to getting into other canon stuff. But I don't think the average fan's going to do that. And you can't explain that in the show. So in my humble opinion, like don't bring in so much canon like let it stand on its own as we've kind of said on the podcast robin's nodding her head and it's two against one joe she is nodding her head but i do think it stands on its own i don't think you need to it's a line it's a fine i don't think you need to know what can ahsoka's backs it's the same like we don't know din's din jarn's but same thing with the mandalorians like i mentioned my brother was like there's other mandalorians and if you watch Clone Wars, you would know about Death Watch. And we can talk about Death Watch you'd... and Pre Vizsla and whatever now. I am <laughs> I am in the canon web. But he had no idea, don't though. That confused know. him. And it, and it turned him off for a minute to be like, now I don't get it. See, I don't know, because Din had no idea right. either. He was just as confused. So I don't think you need to know that to enjoy the show. And it's just like the introduction. Uh, I don't know. You, you could have done it with anybody. You could have done it, again, you could just do it with any character. Even if you made an, up new characters, it's the same thing. You don't know their history. You don't For for the casual consumer, these are new characters. Yes, I guess I would agree. And, I th- and, and like they would say, like, you need to go see Yoda on the Dagobah system. Who's Yoda? Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, exactly. yeah, I, I guess... I guess we just, we know too much to be 
unbiased about it. But I do think that, like, it, I don't know, it, it, it makes it less interesting on its own to me. And I think for Star Wars to, like, succeed as a property for years to come, it does need to be, like, on its own. I don't want to have to, like, watch a bunch of other things. I think what's awesome with movies is when you can just watch that one movie and you get the plot inside of it. And if you watch all of it, like you said, Joe, you can be more rewarded, but you have to be careful not to make it too confusing. I, in my opinion, the show is enjoyable because you don't have to know. I, I, I would... I would say if this was the first Star Wars thing anyone had ever seen, it's a very enjoyable thing. I agree, for sure, for sure. And I'm totally guilty. I'm totally unbiased. I, I should just stop talking about this canon stuff because it it made me go back and I watched all of the Mandalorian-related Clone Wars and Rebels episodes. So it did, like, we talk about it on the podcast and you're a big canon advocate, but it did make me go back and watch some of this other canon stuff. So uh, maybe at the end of the day, it succeeded in that. That's a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> on to the next thing. Did you think this episode, Robin, did you think this episode stood on its own without needing to have a history uh, a history of knowledge? I think it could, but I can't be unbiased because I knew of the they characters. They built up the Ahsoka thing. Yeah, and I, I would agree that I wish they had just said, like, you're going to go find a Jedi, and then he would have been like, oh, you must be the Jedi because you have lightsabers. Well, yeah. So what I, I earlier on this recording, I said, you know, it's okay that they said Ahsoka because no one knows who that is. But then it turns out that he didn't need to know her name because the magistrate brings him in to hire him to kill the Jedi. And she points him yeah. in the direction. So it's not like he showed up and had to ask no, that, for Ahsoka. So he didn't need to know that That might be a 2020 thing. Like they already wrote the episodes. And, and sure. when you watch, you're no, like, oh, that would be so is. much more sweeter if that was the case. If... Naboo was Alderaan. That's not 2020. That's just something that should have... I mean, what... Anyway. I think that's... That might be 2020, <laughs> but you know that. what I mean? Like, you you don't realize that yes. at, at the beginning, and it, maybe it would have been sweeter, but it really doesn't ruin it. It just makes it better. Yeah. I will say that I thought... Uh, I thought the scenes between Ahsoka and Din were very good. The dialogue was good. The direction was good, with one... Maybe one exception. But, like, the dialogue between... The magistrate and Kyle Reese. What's his name? Michael Bean. You know the guy. The her like hired gunman. Guy. He played. He played Kyle Reese in hmm. Terminator. Remember that? No, no? Didn't, okay. I didn't catch it. Oh no! Yes, he did. He did play Kyle Reese. Anyway, I thought that that dialogue was like very clunky and weird and awkward. Did you I guys get that? Remember. Like when they're at the beginning, when he's like, "We'll be ready. We will be ready when she returns." It was like very blocky and yeah. weird. Hmm. Which might be a direction thing, but other than that, I thought, I thought the episode was good. I love Ahsoka. I think you can exist without. I think it can exist on its own. And I thought the action was great. And the fight between Ahsoka and the magistrate at the end, Morgan Elsbeth, she's named as. And again, another new character. She has, as we know, no previous connection. She might be a character from Clone Wars. There's speculation as to whether that's a real name or or, or not. But anyway. A new character who was very a very sort of powerful part of the Empire. The fight between her and Ahsoka at the end I thought was really cool and fun. And the, that spear that's made of Beskar, there's so many questions kind of cool. that. And then she throws one of, she knocks one of Ahsoka's lightsabers in the water. Do you think she got it back? I lost a side. This like took a lot to make that lightsaber. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, You got two, so she still got one. 
I love that it made sound effects and they were like listening to the battle and they could tell what was going on, whether it was like Beskar or lightsaber. Something I made note of here was uh, the gunman's character saying, who do you think is going to win? Ah, just like, that felt so awkward to me. He was like, who do you think is going to win? Could be my side, could be your side. I was like, yeah, those are the options. That's where we're at. Anyway, so there's all that. So, And then he gets the Beskar yeah. thing, and, and Ahsoka says, ain't my problem. You train him. Yeah. Well, she's so... that's oh, Dude, so that's another thing. They, they build Ahsoka up. Everybody on the internet gets their, their panties in a bunch, and they bring her in for one episode, and then she's like, peace out, y'all. Come on. Well, Why even so, bother? <clears throat> everyone on... Everyone on the internet got all amped up. Who knows who she is? They introduced the character. And in this episode, again, if you, if you had a Neuralizer and you wiped your memory, Neuralizer is a little pen thing from Men yeah. in Black, and you watch this episode, it set it up. She, we get introduced to Ahsoka. She doesn't want to train Grogu because she has seen what it does to Jedi. We don't know what that means at this point. And so from that point on, we know that she doesn't want the responsibility of that so she sends him to find another jedi i don't i don't think it's necessarily like a a setup and then a letdown what i what honestly and i know what you both are going to say about this i think but i honestly think that this was to set up her own show hmm. i think that these creators are are gearing up to make probably more than one more live action star wars tv show and so that's where I think that this was going. But again, regardless of that, she doesn't want to train Grogu. She's seen some shit, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Well, maybe she is going to be another show. She got raving reviews, it seems. Like, people enjoy her as Ahsoka, so good for them if they can pull a show out of it. But I don't I don't really like the cameo. I, I don't really like that he meets these cool people and they're gone in the next week. Like, there's not really an ensemble cast, per se, in the show. That mm-hmm. it's not like they're on the island and you get a little bit of every character in the episode, you know? No, yeah, but I don't think you're we constantly really, meeting well, I don't new know. characters. I'm speaking from myself where, like, I don't need it to be an ensemble cast of friends who go uh, throughout. The, I like it just the like Western trope solo gunslinger with now his. But when is he going to have a love triangle baby. with Sawyer and Kate? Yeah, when Robin. Pass. Season three is coming up. That's when they're going to run out of ideas and he's going to have to get, you know, captured by the others. And that's just what happens. So I think they'll have to bring Ahsoka back. Sorry, so before ahead. we move on to the next next episode, I do want to say I think I would have really loved Ahsoka had she been played by anybody but Rosario Dawson. Oh, bummer. I like I don't think she looked weird. I wasn't really nitpicking her appearance. I think I would have thought she quite possibly could have become like one of my top three favorite Star Wars characters because she's badass, but I don't like Rosario Dawson. And the entire time I was watching it, (laughs) staring at her going, yep, you're Rosario Dawson. I can't picture you as not your real life person. So it completely took me out of it. Oh, that's a bummer. I think I would have really loved her. So it's pretty disappointing. She was too recognizable. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. You gotta you gotta lose yourself in the character, whether it's the actress or actor or their CGI. Like you gotta at least believe they're a character. I wish they had picked a completely unknown actor 
because yeah, I think that would have had a bigger sure. impact and I would have been like, yeah, she's awesome. I love her. But the whole time I was watching it like, yep, you're Rosario Dawson. Cool. Good for you. You're in Star Wars now. <laughs> Another famous person in Star Wars. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I understand what you're saying because I always want that unknown for things, especially... You get yeah, to be in one thing and one thing only. <laughs> I really... I like Rosario Dawson. I like the stuff I've seen her in. And I also like her, I think, as a person, from what I understand. But... I liked her as this, and man, the fans called for it. And even like a couple of years ago during an interview, she was asked like what character she'd like to play, and she said Ahsoka. So whether that was like pressure or because she actually enjoys this stuff and knows the character, Interesting. I don't know. But. Do you guys want to hear a few Easter eggs slash canon things about this episode that you don't necessarily need to know to enjoy the episode, but I will put them up now so that it's intriguing uh, sure, for anyone who watched it. It's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> we got into the white lightsabers. Super cool. There's a scene where we see right before Din meets Ahsoka, they like pan, they zoom out and we see a bird in a tree. And that bird is sort of a protector of Ahsoka. It's it's a bird called a convor, which also Filoni created and named actually after his wife. Mm. But anyway, so that bird follows, it's, it's sort of like an owl and it follows Ahsoka around and it it protects her and it's I there's speculation as to what exactly it is, but it, it seems to be like an embodiment of the light side of the force from an episode of the Clone Wars called Ghosts of Mortis. <laughs> there's an animal that that resembles a loath cat in when they're fighting inside the village it, towards the end, which I think points to Ahsoka's quest. She asks, where is Admiral Thrawn? And at that point, Ahsoka is on a quest to find Ezra Bridger, and Ezra and Thrawn were lost together, so they're, she's searching the galaxy for Ezra Bridger. And he's from Lothal, where that animal is from. I forgot about the Thrawn reference. And then, of course, and then, of course, well, that's another thing, another sort of, I don't know, you could call it a name drop, but intriguing character that's mentioned that is Morgan Elsbeth's quote-unquote master. You don't, and I know who he is, I have a very in-depth knowledge of who Thrawn is, but you don't necessarily need to know who he is, I think, to find that intriguing. What did you guys think? That seemed like another name drop to me. Like, slow down. Slow down. <laughs> well, That again, should I have think, been your well, damn bad guy sure. rather than, like, Moff Gideon or something. You know, like, there's other ways to bring in canon stuff that, to me, would make make it a little bit more uh, seamless and classy and whatnot. Like, why just, why just drop names I, all of a sudden? So I think you're, I think, I think maybe respectfully you're being a little hypocritical here. You're saying Thrawn would have made a better bad guy, but instead of doing Thrawn, they created a new character that none of us well, have ever heard of. Well, if you're going to, to bring him guy. in, why make a new bad guy? And like, what if she was looking for Moff Gideon? Like you said, there's other stuff going on. And Ezra Bridger, who the hell's Ezra Bridger? For sure. You don't need to know, but I'm just saying that that's where well, she that's is right now. Well, that's a big inference it's a on you. Of- Nobody knows that. Like. Nobody that's watching Mandalorian knows that, but you, they did name drop Thrawn. Well, not nobody, but yes. I'm definitely being hypocritical. But she's searching, she's searching for Thrawn. Anyway, I don't think you need to know who he is. Well, we've been, I've been over it a million times. And then, of course, Tython, which nobody knows. But she, na- she tells them to go to Tython, the planet Tython at the end, which when she said, I had like a, is that an ancient Jedi thing? Like, 
At some point in college, Royce and I were up late researching weird Star Wars stuff, and we were like, oh, the Jedi originated on the planet Tython. And for some reason, that's stuck in my mind, and that's where she tells them to go. Something that used to be canon that's not canon anymore that they brought back into canon now. It's an ancient Jedi. It's where the Jedi started, I think. That's where she sends them. We'll, we'll go with On that. to the next thing. <laughs> All right, so chapter 14, The Tragedy. Um... Written by John Favreau, directed by Robert Rodriguez. You guys familiar with Robert Rodriguez? He's spy directed, Kids. Yeah, and some horror stuff. But mostly um, Spy Kids. But yeah, <laughs> but mostly Spy Kids. I'm, that's what our listeners can relate mostly to, I think. <clears throat> do you guys want to hear the synopsis that I read yes, all by myself for chapter 14, The Tragedy? Let's do it. Have a little swig of that brewski and let's, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, you're the boss. <sighs> In chapter 14, we head straight to Tython with Din and Grogu. Here they find the temple ruins and the seeing stone that Ahsoka advised them about. However, while Grogu is connecting to the Force surrounded by an impenetrable energy, new friends and old enemies arrive. You are going to get a, a job as a copywriter for the back of DVDs, I'm telling you. Or the front. Disney. <clears throat> Or the front. Yeah. Everybody loves the front of DVD cases to just be full of writing. No, no, no. You misunderstand. You misunderstand, Robin. I mean the front of the DVD. Oh, not the case. My synopsis and under that, the title. Perfect. On the, on the disc. Okay. So this episode, I think, starts out with such a heart. Let's just leave it at that. Such a heart. Like, Royce, you brought it up in, you brought it up a few minutes ago. Din saying that he can't train him because he's too powerful. The beginning of the episode starts with Mando and Grogu on the ship. And Mando, Mando is saying, like, you have to go with a Jedi if one shows up without question. It was, it was like, my job to get you to mm -hmm. them. I can't train you. You're very special. And it all <clears throat> seems like Din talking to himself. Well, it's like you're like fostering a child. Convincing himself that he's going to have to give this kid away and like, and amping himself up for the emotional toll that that will take. It's just, I found that, I found the beginning of the episode in that particular scene so emotional because he's getting ready to let go of this kid. Like at the end of the last episode, he's like, time to wake up, time to say goodbye. It's like heartbreaking. And in this one, he's like actually saying goodbye at the beginning of the yeah. episode. But we all know that it's not going to happen. Was like, well, not now. Yeah, but it's still sad. Yeah, emotional. I get it. No, it's totally. I, I, we've seen that scene play out in other stories where some lost character found someone that helped them along the way, but now they got to get returned to their family or whatever. Yeah, but it's sweet. Their their father son relationship. Yeah, that's what I meant. We've seen it a million times to, to try something new, Favreau. <laughs> God, same old story. Someone goes with someone and then they got to go somewhere else. Unbelievable. Um, he's like, we got to travel the rest of the way with the windows Oh, yeah, down. that was hilarious. And that, <laughs> that means riding on the jetpack. Also, what Star Wars vehicle has windows that you roll down? That's a thing. <laughs> Maybe the Razor Crest, but now I'll never know. With the, with the windows are permanently I'm, down. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was harping on them for being able to repair that damn ship. They are not repairing sure that ship anymore. I, I I don't know if I jinxed it. What if I, the next episode starts and he's at he's some spaceport and no, they're just rebuilding it. They're taking all the pieces and building the new Razor Crest. Not all that's left is uh, the little little shifting gear ball and that best car spear. Brand new Razor Crest, two pieces. It's such a, this is getting way ahead of ourselves, but it really that moment in the show was such a shock 
to me. I like I don't know if anyone saw it coming, but I certainly did not. And just an incredible heartbreak when you see it happen. He loses everything. And I think we talked I think we talked last season about his ability, their ability to direct the character and show emotion even though he's wearing right. the helmet. And in that moment what you feel is incredible for his loss, but also that ship is so old. Like that's a Clone Wars era ship. They say it in right. the first episode of the show and it's just God, it's like so well, much history yeah. in that ship. And I might be saying that because I have this super old shitty house <laughs> that we're fixing up. And I think that there's a lot of history in it. I'm like, how did anyone ever let this get this way? This house has seen some shit. But also, shit. Yeah. It's got... Anyway, it's backing <laughs> up. Sure. More adorable baby Grogu moments. The, when he activates the stone, did you guys see he's got his little fingers yeah. in? Um... What I actually have here is he has his little fingies in a meditation <laughs> pose. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, totally adorable. Cute. And then Slave One. Ah, come on. What was your reaction when Slave One flew into the screen? You were like, oh, shit. Well, so we knew that. Right? You were like, oh, shit, nah, right? I didn't say, oh, shit. You knew Boba Fett was involved. And then if you know Boba Fett and you know his ship, then you're like, ah, okay, Boba Fett's, Boba Fett's about to show up. Okie dokie. That's cool. And that's pretty much how I saw it. Although I, it's funny you mentioned being like, whoa, my God, Slave One. Uh because I've been watching like Star Wars Theory, like recapping some stuff. Yeah. And he always plays great channel. He, he always plays clips of him like from his live stream watching the show. And he shows clips like that when he's like losing his mind. And it's nice to love something so much that you can like just be that entertained and uh, feeling it in the moment. I get that way about plenty of stuff, but I didn't, I didn't get, <laughs> but not Star not Wars. anymore. No, I'm, I wish I could. <laughs> Like you said, you're like, whoa, but they've already been teasing Boba Fett. So that's another one of those that you, you kind of just expected it. I don't know. Did you care about that? Yeah, but how do you know he has his ship? He doesn't have his that, armor. That, that is interesting that he lost his armor, but not his ship. Someone didn't steal his ship. There's some unexplained stuff there with Boba Fett, for sure. I think it might have something to do with his spice addiction <laughs> that they bring up later in the episode. It is. He's like, this no, isn't not a, a spice, spice dream. dream. Yeah. Is spice like Star Wars for Coke? Yeah, meth. <laughs> Yes. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. No, so that, so that was cool, though, to see it. it. I didn't lose my shit. But anyway, so Boba Fett's there. Then when we get the introduction, the actual introduction of Boba Fett, and he wants his armor back. And the actor, I love the actor. I think he's really great. Um, obviously reprising his role for being Jango Fett. Um, and I think, so, <clears throat> let's get into Boba Fett a little bit. I think that so many people like Boba Fett, right? He's like a fan mm -hmm. favorite. But really, why? Because he looks cool. Like, maybe maybe legacy or, or legend stuff, like comic books and, and books and stuff, had him doing cool stuff. But the movies, he's pretty not good at stuff. But he looks cool. So maybe that's where he most of it cool, is. He looks cool, and I think that's the whole reason we have a Mandalorian show. They look cool. They make great action figures. And and I think we talked about it before, that, that Din... The Mandalorian is much more competent. Is he though? Than after Boba Fett ever was. After watching this episode, though, I mean, he, I mean, at fighting and whatever. Anyway, yeah. In the OT my point is trilogy, in this, yeah, he's not. He doesn't do much, right? But in this episode, he's incredible, with or without his armor. He's got that Tuscan Raider staff, and he's smashing stormtrooper helmets in. And I just thought, I mean, the action of the sh of the episode in general was amazing. Yep. When, when the stormtroopers show up and it like 
the camera zooms out and shows them uh shows them advancing up the hill and just that sort of zoomed out scoped scene is incredible the action fennec shooting you know boba fett attacking them with the uh tuscan raider staff the action of this episode i think is just so amazing just we'll just say it i'll say it and we'll see who agrees the best episode of the show so far Robin's shaking her head. I would I would agree. I my notes, very first thing, Robin, what does it say? Stormtrooper Galore. No, above best, that. Best 33 minutes in Star Wars action recently. Yeah. Best 33 minutes in Star Wars action recently. Like, I was worried about the runtime. I don't want it to be so short that you're like, why? Come on. Work harder. I don't want it to be short and then long and then short and then long and then short. It's bouncing no, I around don't want it to- for sure. But but it was good. It was like a really good 33 minutes. Robin was stressed out the whole time. I think that's what made it awesome, though, is like they were protecting Yoda. All these stormtroopers kept coming. It was like a video game where you're like, all right, we made it through this wave. And you're like, oh, man, there's another wave. And then the boss comes yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it was a little bit edge of your seat stressful. But I, I thought that made for a great episode of television in Star Wars specifically because... As Robin pointed out, my next note... Stormtrooper galore. You're not reading it correctly. There's an exclamation point. Stormtrooper galore! Yeah, Stormtrooper (laughs) galore. Dude, if you like Stormtroopers, you like this episode, right? Typical Stormtroopers, kind of incompetent with their work, (laughs) but they get out of the troop transport, they're running around, they're setting up their big-ass E-Web blaster thing and doing their thing. They were the cleanest Stormtroopers in any Star Wars ever. Minus any... Sure, they got nothing to a, do. Any, like, animated clone trooper or something. <laughs> Stormtroopers are normally, like, beat up or whatever. They were so freaking clean. And they had a painted painted trooper. That was yeah. cool. And Stormtroopers that were scared of Boba Fett and running back to the ship, I thought was awesome, too. There was just a lot of Stormtrooper awesome. goodness. He was great with that staff. And, and there's, like, a little coincidence there where they modeled that staff originally after, um, like, a Pacific Islander thing and morrison just happens to be maori it's just kind of a neat coincidence anyway boba fett was badass and taking out the stormtroopers i like when the like stormtrooper in charge is like get up the hill it was like there's too much fire and he's like face front idiot and then he gets (laughs) shot really good dialogue really good directing really good scene boba fett's like when when boba fett meets din and he's asking for his armor back he's like did you whatever the code and boba fett's like I give my allegiance to no one. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know. You're a bounty hunter. I gave your allegiance to Jabba and Vader. But again, casual observer might not know that. So you're right. Well, I kind of like that. He was just like, I just want to get my my stuff back, dude. I have no, I'm not on the Empire. I'm not on the Rebels. I just, I just want to return yeah. my family's armor to its glory. You'd think that though, in that sense, his family's glory, what's happening there is obviously some Jedi shit, Right. Is like a thing, a little baby Yoda in a in a force energy okay. field, and you'd think that Boba wouldn't want to help. He wouldn't like the, the Jedi. Jedi do Jedi yeah. stuff. You think he'd be like? He might not know anything about the cut Jedi off, stuff, though. He doesn't know what's going on. They cut off my dad's head, and then I had to like take get his head out of this helmet that I wear. Like, do you know probably what uh, that took? Like, his Jango's head heavy. was in the helmet, and then but Boba Fett's all right, got all right. A, can you imagine the cleaning? Anyway, you'd think he wouldn't want to help. I mean, for no, that, that is reason. interesting. Well, so one of my other <laughs> notes is Boba, F- honorable Boba, huh? Like he's got honor 
honor among thieves that he's like, no, I will keep my word that I just gave you. Come on. Well, I liked that, though. Again, well, I liked it, too. It's just I, I, in character, out of character. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. We don't know. Uh, I think the whole episode, he was just kind of a badass, minus that yes. right at the end where he's like, see, I told you so. Look, it's my code. I told you so. See, it's mine. That you was see? a little weird. Are you looking at it? It's mine. <laughs> I really liked that. I really liked that part. He was like, let it. me just show you. This is actually mine. It's been in my family. I like that. But I do. Yes, he was a badass. And we don't know. Okay, so here we are again. The canon that we know, we don't know enough about Boba Fett to know whether he's honorable. <clears throat> it seems like he is, man. But if you don't, if you don't know any canon, you're just introduced to this new character, and this is his canon yeah. now. True. So true. Here we Very are. true. I got a couple other Boba Fett Fett notes. Uh, he reminded me a lot of Chirrut Imway, just smashing the stormtroopers with with his bare yep. hands, basically, like just taking them on, really proving the incompetence of the Imperial. Uh, army there and i hope you have the same note that i, ha- I have here i have another reminder <laughs> of dude it was like mad casey jones him dragging the stick on the ground <laughs> and I, awesome. I, I wanted him to make a joke about like better up man or whatever casey jones says there <laughs> uh, i really want to watch teenage Mutant ninja turtles yep. i also really appreciated when the stormtroopers are getting away and he's getting the visor ready to shoot the the missile from the jetpack, which that's also just super cool on its own. And he shoots the, <laughs> the missile and it hits the ship and you're like, damn, that's badass. And then the ship hits the other ship. Boba Fett turns around to face the camera and then both spaceships smash into the ground and explode. And he's doing the classic <laughs> walking away from the explosion while it's happening yeah. behind you. It was epic. And then Din is like, good shot. And he says, I was aiming for the other one. <clears throat> Made up for which any is, poor poor writing in the previous episode. <laughs> which is true. I watched it twice, and the second time I, I made sure to pay attention. He His visor locks on to amazing. the lower That's ship. That's amazing. <clears throat> so just really good, uh, really good there. Audience, listeners, everyone out there, lots of times when Royce is describing something he's really excited about, he's, he's making direct eye contact with Robin, <laughs> and she is stone-faced. <laughs> She is. She does not give any reaction that he might be looking for or wanting or anything. It's just. It's just. You can't, can't feed the trolls. <laughs> Are you calling me a troll? It's pretty incredible to watch. You're not not a troll. So the note that I have here with three exclamation points is his his armor has knee guns. He's got some gadgets. His knee his knee plate. He shot them from his knee. Go back and watch yeah. it again, guys. <laughs> he shoots from his knee. It's incredible. Boba Fett, completely competent in this yeah, episode. That's the the new title. I really on his like resume. the scene. Boba Fett, completely competent. <laughs> it's a Key and Peel skit. Yeah. Don't nobody mess with the Batman's. <laughs> um, so good, so good. Uh, I really like the part where he's showing him his code, and he's like, "Look, here's obviously this made up." symbols or my father Django fed well, for some it, somehow yeah, we have it, our it DNA. It means in his something armor. to Din because Din is like, you're not a Mandalorian, bro. Mandalorian's for life. This yeah. is the way. So that made sense <laughs> that Boba was like, it's all good, man. Like and and especially that he was like, I'm gonna hold true to my word. They were obviously bonding right. somehow. Maybe Boba just respects Mandalorians, period. You know? If Boba stands for something, yeah, he well, meets they... somebody else that stands for something. I, I think those 
those kind of personalities mesh well that you're like, oh, you're, you give a shit too. Cool. Well, they took his father in. His father was a foundling and the Mandalorians took him in and, you know, trained him and, and gave him his armor. And there's obviously a big, long connection sure. there. Destruction of the Razorcrest, heartbreaking. And then the Dark Troopers show up. And then Iron Man shows which up. Which is not what I was expecting. Okay, so I had to... I had to have a conversation with a friend who remembers Dark Forces, Greg, my friend Greg, <clears throat> and I had to look it up because I didn't understand or remember much about Dark Troopers. And it turns out that there's two. There's Force-sensitive Stormtroopers, and then there's the robotic or cyborg or droid Dark Troopers. And these seem to be the droid <laughs> ones. <laughs> but apparently there's, in the Dark Forces... I think in the Dark Forces game, it was like cybernetic clone. Tr however, uh, however, they exist in old canon. There were uh, <clears throat> they were clone troopers that were augmented with droid parts, like Grievous, like General okay. Grievous. <clears throat> and it doesn't seem like that's what they are, but I think it would be cool if that's what they are, because then Morrison could have more roles in the show because he's every stormtrooper. <laughs> and it would be something like something weird and dark for Boba Fett to face That would later. be so cool. Like coming face to, to face with like a scene of him that they filmed him like 20 times and then composited that together. How yeah. cool would that be? It, it would be like that, uh, uh, who's that funny guy that was in that show where he got cloned? Multiplicity? Anybody? Is a movie. Uh, uh, Ant-Man. Oh. Yeah. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. What, what was his show? Oh, I don't remember. He's got that great PSA about wearing a mask, though. Did you I guys did. watch yeah, that? Yeah, he's good. It's fantastic. It's so anyway, funny. We'll have to edit this part down. Paul Rudd, his show where he's got a clone of himself that's a better version of himself, but they're... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a show? Yeah. I, it's a movie. been a while. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> he's in a lot of scenes with himself. It's great. I think that would be cool to do with uh, with the Boba Fett character. And the clones, for sure. Uh, Boba Fett, again, he's following. Well, so wait, so the dark troopers come and, and grab. Grab Grogu. Uh, Grogu. I think they looked amazing. Again, that's another, like, obviously a scene that they spent a lot of money on making, but I think they look super cool. Then they grab Grogu. Robin, what was your reaction? Acted out like you, like it's live. You're just watching the episode. This is a reaction video. What happened when they grabbed Grogu and flew away? I, I screamed and I said, I'm done with this show. Let me know when they get him back. <laughs> <laughs> and she stormed out and slammed I the almost just stopped watching because I was like, I'm done. I have no interest in going through season one again where they have him and they're trying to get him back. And I'm constantly so nervous and stressed. Just go get him right I think now. that was just one episode. <laughs> it felt like the whole season. <laughs> it was so stressful. I'm done. So Robin's freaking out the whole episode. Like, come on, protect baby Yoda. Also, there's a lot of scenes where M the Mando is like, come on, Yoda, hurry it up. Let's go. He can't get Yoda to go. And he's like, okay, I'll try to protect you. It happens three times. Like, three times. And he doesn't grab his jetpack in this time. Mandalorian was, was making some dumbass decisions. He should have been a little bit more well prepared. But so Robin's freaking out. Like, come on, they got Yoda. Oh my goodness. You got to take care of the baby. And... I was just thinking the whole time, like, this is just great for the show. There's some finely, finely tension 
and a reason to give a shit rather than like, you must go to the Dagobah system and there you will meet a person who will tell you where to go next. And yeah, so they right. finally had some con- like conflict to deal with. They took Yoda and it's, yeah, it's just like last season when they grabbed Yoda, they cut to credits and you're like, oh, they got to get Yoda back. It's great. It's great. It, that's how you tell a story. It has to have an ebb and flow, happy and sad, angry and not angry, whatever. And I was in, I was light in, and dark, light and dark, up and down I, before and after. Very unsatisfied. I wanted the end of the episode. Unsatisfied. Very unsatisfied. I wanted the end of the episode after he did all the communing with the force to be baby Yoda being like, I don't need anyone to rescue me. I'm going to rescue myself. I'm going to kill everyone on the ship and take it down and rescue all my friends. But then he got tired and had to take a nap again. And no, see, Robin, I'm with you. I'm with you. But that it just won't work. The show is already getting kind of stale in its particular format, I what? think. In, in, in I disagree. Stale in the sense that that you know they're going to liberate the people of the village at the end of the episode. So they have to do these other things where they create some drama to make you want to tune in for the grand series finale, season finale, whatever. I love it. It's great. They steal Walt at the end of season one lost, you know? And, and then Walt's dad is like, whoa, whoa. It's great even though nobody likes that character. But there's drama there. Yeah, it's There's terrible. drama there that gives you a reason to tune in for next week. It can't always be happy-go-lucky. It could be if it was like The Simpsons or something. But we're watching a, a series, and it works. It works. It was about time for it to happen, in my opinion. I don't need it to be happy-go-lucky. <laughs> I need Baby Yoda to defend himself and get his ass off the ship. He's a baby. Right, but he just communed with the Force for like 15 hours straight. <laughs> Is he not just a full think, force so, Jedi now? <laughs> no, that is not. That's not how the force works. <laughs> but I'm only saying that as someone who has consumed a lot of canon and people who are out there might not know. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> Robin, I think it might become that within the next couple of... We've only got two episodes left, okay? So the next episode is going to be Mando, is going to be cut between Mando forming a crew to take on Gideon and Gideon with Gideon and Pershing with yeah. Baby Yoda. And then the season finale is going to be he, a big thing, I think. But I think it will, uh, I think there's a chance it will become they go to rescue Baby Yoda and they show up and he's already done <laughs> some of the work. That's what I hope. Like he's, so I think, I think that's what's going to happen. I think it points to it a little bit in the epilogue. I will say backtracking a bit. I would just really like to see a mini episode where like a rock bottom Boba Fett is hooked on spice on Tatooine, just being a loser. (laughs) And he's like, he sold his armor and he sold his ship for spice. And then he finds Fennec Shand and she like brings him back and brings him back to health. And is like, let's go get your armor back. Mm. Oh, because he's like, this isn't a spice dream. Maybe. Uh, So I think that would be a, a, funny little thing. Well, you think he'd be down on his luck um, on Tatooine after he lost his armor or whatever. Yeah. And Jabba. Maybe he and Jabba and were friends. Like, we'll find out in the Boba Fett origin story. Yeah. It also seems like he recognizes the spear. There's a little scene where hmm. Din picks up the spear out of the wreckage and Boba Fett looks over and it seems like he recognizes it. So Boba's got to like know way there. more than the Mandalorian. Like you said, he saw the Battle of Geonosis. Like he saw a mad Jedi. Yeah. A Jedi cut off his father's head. Yes, he has head. some history. We get, we got that. So, 
It's right clean off. So as a side note at his crew that he's putting together, is anybody else mystified how Bill Burr somehow got enough good feedback in season one that now he's back again? (laughs) You made my laugh. My laugh entered the bed. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like who watched season Um, one and was like, thank God. Fucking God, Bill Burr is in this this show. <laughs> yeah. This is what this show Dude, needed. The, and I like Bill Burr. I said this last time we talked about him. I I I I enjoy some of his comedy. But he was great in Breaking Bad. I don't like him in The Mandalorian though, because he does take me out of it for sure. It's so funny they're bringing face. him back. Yeah, ass face. That's right. Because yeah. doesn't is he supposed to be like an ex stormtrooper or something? He was a sharpshooter. Yeah. Right? It's so it feels very like your stormtrooper. From Boston. <laughs> like that Sam Adams commercial. Oh like, my God. I watch it the whole time and it's the same thing like with Ahsoka where you're like, that's, He's going to be the same character that's Bill too. Bill Burr in Star Wars. Because he, he had said like, he's not into Star Wars. He's not going to play it any differently than he did before. Yeah. You know, he's going to just come in and say ass face or whatever. They're going to write it to his Boston kind of uh, abrasiveness. Just, who was like, you know who we need to bring back in season two? But what if, Robin? Okay, so I'll sell you on it. You don't want him in, but what if they do like a like Rick and Morty and they show up to him and it's just like a montage. Like Joey says, he's got to amass the crew. And what if the montage is just a bunch of scenes that are, you son of a bitch, I'm in. And that's, that's what Bill Burr says. <laughs> no. Then you wouldn't be in? No, I would not be in. I was like, ooh, who is he looking for? Who is this character they're looking up in the system? And then they showed his picture, and I was like, no, I'm not watching this show anymore. I'm done. Yeah. I can't do another Star Wars Bill Burr episode. Yeah, I agree. I don't really like Bill Burr. He's the only one left of that crew for the Mando to They should have just said we're going to get Cara Dune because she's a trooper, you know? Like, why didn't... Obviously, he went to her, but... I hope that they go with him. And what I, so here's, okay, here, here's my theory all laid out. Cara Dune and Carl Weathers, uh, Grief Karka <laughs> is going to go with them and they're going to show up with IG-11 and they're going to be like, we rebuilt them out of scraps we That'd had lying around. I think that they're going to go and get Bill Burr, but they're going to run into the rebel pilots that, that he, that let him go a He's few episodes He's in prison. Back. Isn't that what they said? He's in prison and and the rebel pilots were after Mando for breaking into yeah. that prison, breaking into the mm. prison that whatever. <clears throat> so I think they're going to be like, if you do this, we're going to have to come after you to Din. And Din's going to be like, I have to do this. And the season might end with Din going to New Republic eh. prison. But I don't know. But that seems like, why would they introduce those X-Wing pilots twice? Yeah, it is interesting. To I don't not know. have them come back. Maybe. And now he's breaking someone out of their prison. I think you said it best where you're like, there's two more episodes. One's going to be amassing the crew, explaining to them the situation and getting to the battle in one more cliffhanger and then the battle. So that, that's that's just how it's going to go. I don't yeah. know if he ends up in jail or uh, they got to break him out. That sounds like a, a long episode to like you got to break him out that sounds like a waste of time i think you know enough people already you've got boba fett and cara dune carl weathers like you said they could bring that blue guy like whatever you've already got a team (laughs) yeah we'll see it's interesting um and again in this episode there's a little bit of an epilogue with uh moff gideon on the ship and i think the important part is baby yoda throwing those stormtroopers around like he's ready to fight for one, because it shows 
his power. And for two, because what fun that acting is, right? Those two guys in those Stormtrooper outfits must have had a blast. Just the amount that they're hamming it up in front of the camera, pretending to be thrown around by Baby Yoda. They're like, (laughs) Maybe. It's probably really awkward. It looks so fun. I got tons of uh, Force Unleashed vibes from that where you can just, like, grab a stormtrooper and, like, whip him around the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jinx. And it does, and it sort of looks like, (laughs) and it sort of, it it sort of continues the idea that Baby Yoda might actually be tending a little bit to the dark side. Like, we brought it up last episode with Ahsoka saying there's fear. He tried to choke out Cara Dune. He's... He just wants to survive, man, and protect the people he loves, which is the Mando. uh, I really like that. I really like that part. Um, Anyway, what did you guys, did you guys really like that part? That was the best part of the whole episode. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that it showed that Baby Yoda had some fight in him, but he couldn't do it alone. So like you said, he can put out another fire in the next season finale, uh, but he can't do everything on his own, so. He was in that energy tube, on the seeing stone for a sure. while. So are we at the secret question yet? No. Do you want to ask do the you secret have question? One? Do you have one? <laughs> Let's, Let's say it at the same time. Want it to, <laughs> do you want it to be who do we think he contacted? Yeah. Who, do, who do we think what, saw what, him? What did, he, what did he see? Well, I made a Twitter poll and by a slight margin, people wanted Ezra Bridger. Now only like 12 people voted because we don't have the following that we deserve. <laughs> <clears throat> But, um, okay, we can get into that. We can have that be the secret question. Hey, everyone, the secret question is time. Hooray. What do we think think happened in that uh, force tube? Um, Listen, I, from a canon standpoint, I don't need it. I don't need it to be any part of canon. I would love to see Ezra Bridger in live action. If they're going to make an Ahsoka show, fine. He'll be in that. I don't need it to be any of the other surviving Jedi that we know of. And I really, above all, do not want it to be Luke Skywalker. I think we've had a long discussion about this show. I can't tell how much, what time we're at because GarageBand only measures me in beats. (laughs) But we had a long discussion about how the show, I believe that the show exists on its own, regardless of how much canon you know. Bringing in Luke Skywalker completely changes the landscape. I don't think it would work. I don't think it's a good idea. And on top of everything else, we know, as people who know a little bit about the canon, that Kylo Ren kills all of Luke's trainees. So I don't think it's a good idea to bring Luke Skywalker in for a lot of reasons. What do you guys think? I, I wasn't, if, wasn't even thinking that he was contacting someone. I thought he was just communing with the Force and assumed no well, one showed up. So. I think he is... I think he is communing with the Force, but I think... So, I think the idea is that he's communing with the Force, but that other Jedi will feel it. I think that's kind of what Ahsoka is speaking to at the end of the previous episode. He's leaving a voicemail. A Jedi will notice that if he activates the Seeing Stone, but then again, there are very few Jedi. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a communication with another Jedi, but I think it's sort of a beacon. Mm. The beacons are lit! Um, but I don't. That's the best part. Want it to be Luke Skywalker. Uh, Luke would water it down heavy, like you said. That would just bring in too much baggage and too much like name another Jedi. Exactly. I think the honestly the best thing they could do is have no one 
show up. I, I think that has like, to be there are it. very few Jedi left. There's Ahsoka and there's Luke and there's Ezra, but Ezra's lost. And maybe Cal Kestis, but Jedi Fallen Order 2 is coming out and maybe he it doesn't make been it. That cool. would be great because I really don't like that Dude, character. Dude, they should have saved Ahsoka to be the, the Jedi that he reached out to. or so, you know, I don't know. Like Again, 2020, I don't know if I'm being biased, whatever. But... Uh, anybody else you bring in is going to be too much of a reach, I think, or too awkward. So maybe no one, but he was in it for a long time. He felt a lot of stuff. It took a lot out of him. So clearly something happened and we have no answers as to what that is, which is what makes it the best 33 minutes of star (laughs) Wars in live action history. As of recent, I don't have a good, I have a good answer. I think that it would be cool if it turns out that, that, yes, he communed with the Force and that it gave him a certain amount of sort of knowledge or re-knowledge because he, Ahsoka says, Forgot. his memories go dark. So if if it kind of like rejuvenates something in him or, or gives him access to stuff that he locked off, I think would be a really good way of doing things. Hear me out. There's been speculation for years about bringing Mace Windu back. Favreau and Disney have a history with Jackson and making movies with Samuel Jackson. And Mace Windu and Yoda were BFFs. Yeah, so maybe he was Grogu's uh, trainer. Just like bring Mace Windu in and have him take care of little baby Yoda. Didn't he get thrown out of a window? Darth Maul got cut in half. He should also be digested by Sarlacc, Palpatine, where he was supposed to be digested Palpatine over a thousand years. got thrown years. through a reactor. Yeah, I don't know. Dead I in Star St- Wars. Is, I hate Star Wars. Yeah. He's dead. Not a problem. We all hate Star <laughs> Wars. Joey, you pointed it out earlier. I love the idea of learning about the Force and the Jedi through the eyes of Din, who has no idea. Because uh, you agree. watch A New Hope and Luke meets Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan's like, it's a lightsaber. They were from the Jedi. Your father was a Jedi. We were the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy. And Luke is like, that sounds fucking cool. And <laughs> I want to do yeah, that. And you, you vicariously live through Luke, and then you grow to become you know, a character with him almost. And then Luke meets Yoda. He learns more shit. And that's kind of what is happening to Din if you are introduced to Star Wars through The Mandalorian. If that's like the first Star Wars content you consumed, which would be weird, but that probably is somebody's experience. I like the idea of him learning more about the Jedi, training Yoda, and maybe that's what he saw. Maybe Baby Yoda, Grogu was like, you just got to stick with the Mando. Like, that's how you will survive. Like, he is your master now. No? No comment. Royce, did you watch the Trials of the Dark Saber episodes of Rebels? Uh, I watched watching the Rebels, Rebels episodes, season three, episode 15 and 16, and season four, episodes one and two. I don't know what they're called. Did you if watch anything- the one where Kanan... Oh, here, go ahead. Kanan is training Sabine to... Use the dark yeah, and at saber. first he doesn't want to give her the dark saber, and then he does. Yeah, right. Robin, did you watch these the episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels? With I did Royce? not. I was working. I see. I see. I see. I see. Royce, <laughs> did you enjoy those episodes? The episodes yeah, that I, you've well, uh, both I mean, shows. So I took copious notes. Let's hear them. We we can we can end on this this note of me hammering on the Clone Wars. We're not ending. Uh, I've, I have questions <laughs> to ask. Uh, the the prequels are hard to watch. Clone Wars is hard to watch. 
pre the last season. So the last season episodes are much more like epic, I guess. But here's what I watched. If you are interested in catching up on Mandalorian stuff for the show Mandalorian in the in the Perfect. lore, uh, Clone Wars season two, episodes 12, 13, 14. Clone Wars season five, episode 14, 15, 16. And season seven, episode nine and 10. That's all the Clone Wars stuff that revolves around the Mandalorians. I found this in an article. If you just want to Google it, you can Google it. And then the Rebels episodes that I previously mentioned. So I, they were hard to watch, some of the Clone Wars stuff. And the last season of Clone Wars and Rebels are easier to watch. And uh, I forgot your original question because I've been drinking. I asked if you enjoyed them. But I, what I will say is there, there's definitely a lot of Clone Wars that's hard to watch. There's some stuff that's really good. The last season of Clone Wars, especially towards the end, gets really good. But for anyone who's interested in one, either episode 9 or 10, I, I don't know because I don't remember the names. There's a lightsaber duel between Ahsoka and Maul that is the best lightsaber action in all of Star Wars. I think objectively. And it's so good that it's actually motion captured. That's cool. It's not, it's not completely animated. They put those dots on people and had them actually do the work. It looks incredible and the music's incredible and it's just incredible. Uh, yeah, that was cool. I, I did like it on a whole, but only because we're in this Mandalorian world. And after, after the last episode of our podcast, recapping like Bo-Katan and, and the idea of other Mandalorians and the, the, yep idea of the planet of Mandalore needing to be restored to glory, that plot line really piqued my interest way more than the the baby Yoda M count bullshit that Moff Gideon's on. <laughs> so that's what like yeah. made me want to watch those. And they're they're hard to watch, but learning that backstory like got me pumped to see like a battle for Mandalore. But that's not where this season is going anymore, it seems. So it at that kind of almost negates itself in retrospect a little bit. But having seen Bo-Katan and being like, where's Bo-Katan from? Oh, Clone Wars and Rebels? Okay, let's check that out. And it was cool to yeah. see some of that. I learned a lot about Mandalorians. None of it is paying off in the season so far, though. Well, no, because the show stands on its own. There you go. Back. I brought it back. back. There you go. <clears throat> okay, so I have two questions about this episode, and this is for anyone who wants to answer, specifically you two. <laughs> um, we'll start with Robin, and the questions are, <laughs> how many baby Yodas? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Number one, where does Boba Fett keep all of the rockets for his jetpack? It's just like, he used one, and then there's a new one. And two, where is Cara Dune's little mink cat thing? that she had in the last episode we saw her and that she was feeding. Where'd it go? All Star Wars people need a little droid or animal thing. Where is it, Robin? Uh, I think she ate it because she's a terrible person. <laughs> and I think Boba Fett creates his uh, little rockets out of magic. He's got the cheat code. Huh. Yeah, he just... He up, down, left, right, A, B, A, B. Yeah, and then he's got new rockets, whatever he needs them. Interesting. It's canon I now, am also everyone. concerned about the rocket thing because... Ever since you figured out that's what's on the, the jetpacks, is it's a rocket, and you shoot the rocket, it's gone. Like, they're pretty freaking big rockets. It took down a whole ship. But I think you got to, like, you have to not think about that 
Yeah. They must go to the rocket supply store. You know what's great about Star Wars is there's so much you just have to not think about in order it's to It's any enjoy show, it. though. And you've said it before about Star Wars fans. We just like to nitpick shit. I wish we could just watch uh, yeah. it. <laughs> well, that's kind of my point. Like, there are people out there who can just watch it and enjoy it. And then there's people like us. I can't enjoy <laughs> any media. I'm constantly like... Oh, listen to the sound there. Did you hear that? <laughs> Even so, to the point where I, criti- I criticize the sound on uh, Property Brothers. When they go into there, they're like, here's what we can do for your kitchen. And they go into like a voiceover and they're clearly not in the house anymore. And it's, Oh, yeah, for sure. I do that, yeah, too. That always sounds funny to me. And you're like, just you're watching a TV show. Like, it's not a thing mm-hmm. you should be judging. It's so hard. I want to enjoy it. Goldfinger, one of my favorite bands, put out an album this week. It's it's a fun album, but I listen to it, and I'm like, how did they do the snare drum? And there's the reverb on the vocals is weird. <laughs> and you think about stupid shit that's like, that's not the point of it. Like You got, you got to turn your brain off or it doesn't work. We have to get into the story, whatever it is. If it's a movie or if it's a song, you can't think about Bill Burr. You have to think about Bill Burr's character. You can't think about the snare drum. You think about the the groove and the melody and like the the things that actually matter. And it's hard because we just know too much about it now. It's like hard hard to have mystery and accept mystery in a world where we can kind of like explain everything or we can rewind it, or you can have a multimedia platform where you can tell everybody what you think about the thing. So you're, and they have to you're listen. encouraged to have an opinion, and nobody, it can't just be Baby Yoda show, yay! It has to be, you have to criticize it, otherwise there's not much to say that's interesting. Much like Baby Yoda had to get captured for the damn show to be interesting. No! I think, I think the show has been interesting this whole time. I think season two is... I think season two is better than season one in that there were two episodes in season one that I didn't fully enjoy watching, but there hasn't been that this season, I'd say. And this episode, again, was the best 33 minutes of Star Wars in a very long time. Maybe two ever. against one, Robin. So Disagree. Um, cool. That I can watch The Mandalorian and not get distracted by other things. So it's it 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 takes up my... Uh, what do you what do you want to call it? It takes up my attention the whole time. And the same is true for the Umbrella Academy. Like it was so good. You just I just wanted to keep watching. That's what you want. With every other show, especially living here, I I'm looking around the room and and like thinking of things to do and, and other right. projects and stuff. So these two things at least have taken up my time and my attention. Um I really love this show. <laughs> We've got two episodes left. So the next episode of Krypton to Alderaan will be will cover the last two episodes of The Mandalorian. And we've got Wonder Woman coming out on HBO, which I think will be a train wreck. <laughs> we've got uh, WandaVision. We've got all kinds of stuff to cover. So listen, everyone keep listening. And, I think uh, that's a great point. Like once The Mandalorian season is over, I think Star Wars will probably drop some other nuggets too of like, here's our next plan. Like there will be other things announced or maybe not release, but they will tease something else because what else is in the pipeline, you know? Something will come out. It's a, it's December and there's no Star Wars movie. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, and that's a good point. Next month, um, The High Republic starts Interesting. to 
drop. So the first book of the High Republic, um, a new era of Star Wars. If you're interested in that, listeners, check out the Krypton to Alderaan YouTube channel. Uh, I did a video about the High Republic right after it was announced. Uh, it was a pretty good video. <laughs> and also there's a video from Royce on there about how Star Wars needs to grow up, which I think might be exceptionally pertinent at this point in time after these Mandalorian conversations. <laughs> so give them a check it out. We will have more episodes. Joey, Lorelai, Robin, and Royce will appear again on Avengers 3 <laughs> or whatever they say. I love when they do that in those Marvel films. They're, they'll be they'll return again or whatever they say. Will return, question mark. Oh, yeah. Oh, will we? We will, though, because we got a long time with. We'll find it, something so to talk about, or or we'll. Yeah, I got a microphone. We'll Going to find something to talk about. Whole episode on New Mutants next next week. Yes. All right, listeners, thank you for making it to the end of the podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're tuning in. All of the silly places that you could possibly listen to podcasts on. <laughs> you can send us a tweet at. Krypton Alderon. That's A L D E R A A N. Or send us a lengthy email at Krypton to Alderon at gmail.com. The longer, the better. <laughs> Who knows? You could be featured on a future episode. Joey will spice it in in between some canon footnotes. Anyway. That's right, I will. <laughs> thanks for listening. I've been rolling. Before you close the show. <laughs> One more thing. I have a Star Wars joke that I made up all on my own. <laughs> what do people in Star Wars say when they're relieved? <laughs> I don't know. Phew, phew. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, let us know uh, at, at Twitter or Gmail if that joke was worth sticking around to the end of the podcast. <laughs> all right. I've been Royce. I've been Robin. I've been Joey. And we have been... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I definitely went into the red. <laughs> <laughs>